0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the In Between podcast. I'm here with my friend, Mike. Hello. Our other friend, Bethany, who t- typically talks with us, is out taking care of other things today, but she's in good health, so no need for concern on that score. Um, today we're just offering a short podcast. It's the middle of Lent, and we're all walking through uh, various kinds of limitations with uh, coronavirus right now, and we um, we're texting about this and realize that as much as we um, have heard hot takes from a lot of different corners, um, we're not really interested in that kind of a conversation. But we just want to be here as your friends. We also have a special guest. <laughs> she's not going to say anything, but she's just keeping us company. Yeah, her name's Alina. You could say hi. What's up,
1: guys? <laughs> <laughs> Alina is uh, uh, my thirteen-year-old daughter who's. Hanging out with us, checking out how the podcast is made. It's great to have you here. Yes, Thanks it for is. hanging with us.
0: I was uh, thinking about poetry as a way to get through a hard time, and I would like to say that this is a not just a light, cheesy idea, but this is a time-tested, historically sound method of handling hard times. Um, a lot of poetry comes out of wartime. A lot of poetry comes mm. out of various. Um, Struggles. And so it seemed appropriate as we are thinking about, like, how do we. Okay, so for me, I'm having a lot of anxiety about family members who have vulnerable health, things like that. So to try to stay in the moment and not game out scary scenarios, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to practice mindfulness. And poetry is a way of training yourself to stay mindful because unless you're reading some kind of a really long narrative poem, a lot of modern poetry is about capturing a specific moment mm. that makes you stay, stay where you are, like just attend to the moment ahead of you, mm. right. Or the moment that you're in. Mm. Um, so I was going to share, I brought a poem that reminds me to stay in the moment. And um, before it's, you,
1: before you read your poem, can yeah, you yeah. speak to why, poetry helps us stay in the moment or art in general oh yeah because um, there's what you what i heard you just saying is in these chaotic times of life mm-hmm. art or poetry mm-hmm. in this instance yeah. is something that makes sense of the chaos kind of puts order to the chaos is that what you're saying
0: i don't know if i'm saying that it makes sense of chaos
1: Helps us deal with the chaos. Helps,
0: I I think it helps us stay present. Um, and I think it can tell the truth about chaos. Tell the
1: truth, yeah, yeah.
0: And there's something grounding about having that experience of having someone else put parameters on the chaos that you experience. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like Picasso's painting that he painted after World War One, mm-hmm. the Guernica, I think it's called. It's a huge wall-sized mural, and the figures are, the tones are in blues and grays and black, mm. brown, and the figures are twisted, you mm. know, and um, as Picasso always does, twist yeah. things up a bit just to make you see differently, but uh, what he's expressing there's a, there's catharsis in looking at it because it allows for, I don't know. It allows somehow there's a, there's a slot there for you to put your own anxiety in mm. your own suffering in. And like, there are going to be a million people who've said way smarter and deeper, better things about all this. So I'm just fumbling along, but um, poetry is the same way for me. Mm. Uh, it just kind of creates a container for whatever's going on in the moment. And I will say like in times of truly intense sorrow, poetry doesn't matter to me at all Mm. (laughs) and, and paintings don't matter to me at all. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not like when you're truly in the crucible of something painful, Mm -hmm. I don't know if this will reach you or not. Right. It may, it may not, or it might be something completely different. That that it is able to offer consolation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but what we what we can do is um, train our sensibilities so that we are able to receive uh, messages of consolation when they come. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you've probably seen the video of the guy, the Italian tenor, who's standing at his window yep. and opens his window yep. and sings "Nessun Dorma" mm-hmm. to. Florence. Hmm. And it's this beautiful moving poem. And from the safety of my home, I watch it. I cry. I'm so moved. I picture all the beautiful Italians of Florence in their lockdown in their charming apartments, making a cappuccino and listening and... There's a lot of romance in that, but I also heard of somebody who had just lost a parent in mm-hmm. Italy say, "If I hear one more person open the door and sing, I'm gonna punch him in the face." You know, mm-hmm. so I, there has to I'm be space. Punch him in the face. <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. not to be weird and stereotypical, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> there's space for both reactions. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It I don't know. What do sense. you think?
1: No, that that was really helpful. I I was um, reading some thoughts from an artist. And and he was saying that art is humanity's way of of uh, making sense of or dealing with the chaotic world around us. Mm-hmm. It, it's he, he said what you said. It speaks the truth, and so I I just I've, I thought that was a profound thought that truth helps us make sense of the chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, and and my mind goes to the image of Genesis one where, where the spirit of God is hovering over Mm. the waters, over the formless chaotic void of.
0: That's so cool. I love that because that's what I'm going to read a poem about. next. But go on.
1: There you go. So it's, it's the word of God and the spirit of God and the presence of God, taking the chaos of the world and, and bringing order and truth and things making things right. Now I'm not saying that art and poetry, make things right. But I think it helps us see things differently so mm-hmm. that we can respond rightly, respond in truth, mm-hmm. uh, respond in maybe an ordered way hmm. that, hmm. that <laughs> the rest of the world doesn't respond with, it responds hmm. with chaos upon chaos. And hmm. um, uh, so I, I, I've been reading uh, artists' thoughts on that, and I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating the poetry you're going to read to us today to kind of help us um, respond in an ordered way to the chaos around us. Hmm.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's a good thing to aspire to. <laughs> 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 yeah. I've been like really discouraged by the lack of order in my own soul through this whole thing. Hmm. So I'm trying to have some compassion for that side too. Yeah. Do, okay. Do you know that you've probably heard this somewhere that... Um, in the Lord's prayer, that line, lead us not into temptation, yep. is really not, temptation's an awkward translation and that it's better to think of it as, don't lead us into the test.
1: Right. You've heard that before. Yeah. Our, our friend, Dr. Gary Nebeker, oh, enlightened yeah, me, enlightened me to that.
0: I was thinking so much about, where did that come from? Who did I hear that from? It's probably Gary. Yeah. But it's better to think about what Jesus went through on the cross and in the desert when he was tempted by Satan as mm. like, it's temptation, but it's a test. It's more of the test and that we have when we have a situation like this on the horizon, I've just been praying a lot like, Lord, don't lead us into the test. But if you're going to lead us into the test, deliver us from evil Hmm. and help, help us stand the test. Mm. Um, remember that Gillian Welch song I had a real good mother and father anybody know I don't know whatever that's not the name of the song but the first line is I had a real good mother and father they surely stood the test Mm. and I was thinking about that like that song's just been kind of that line's been in my head And uh, so I was thinking about like the prayer Lord help us to stand the test and I just don't feel like I've been standing the test at all (laughs) so maybe poetry instead of instead of thinking like This is going... I mean, like, I'm all for, like, the training of our responses so that we are in a good place to stand the test. And then there has to be grace when we can't stand the test.
1: I had a real good mother and father They surely stood the test And I are in bright glory and sleeping on the What poems do you have that you've been um, reading and enjoying?
0: So um one I'd like to share first is called That Day by Denise Levertov. And my sister Allie, who's a literature professor, says that Denise Levertov is like a is like a hidden Christian. Like she's not known as a Christian poet, but she's a person of faith. And so, mm. whenever I read her poetry, I always think about that and like look for little indications of where she's coming from. And I like this one because um, it's all about the it's all about staying in the present and appreciating the beauty in a specific moment. But then she also nods to the spirit of God. Hovering over the waters like mm. you just did. So I love that. Okay. That day by Denise Levertov. Across a lake in Switzerland, 50 years ago, light was jousting with long lances, fencing with broad swords. Back and forth among cloudy peaks and foothills. We watched from a small pavilion, my mother and I enthralled. And then behold, a shaft, a column, A defined body, not of light, but of silver rain formed and set out from the distant shore, leaving behind the silent feints and thrusts and advanced unswervingly at a steady pace toward us. I knew this. I'd seen it. Not the sensation of deja vu. It was Blake's ink wash vision, the spirit of God moving upon the face of the waters. The column steadily came on across the lake toward us. On each side of it, there was no rain. We rose to our feet, breathless, and then it reached us, took us into its veil of silver, wrapped us in finest weave of wet, and we laughed for joy, astonished. Isn't that nice? Um... I tried to find the picture she talks about. So the line, it was Blake's ink wash vision, the spirit Mm. of God moving upon the face of the waters.
1: She's talking about William Blake? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um, And I tried to find that and I struck out. So Mm. um, I did find the, her, when I searched for this, the image that came up was Blake's uh, picture called the Ancient of Days, Mm. which is a a godlike figure in a sphere of light yeah. against a black background and mm. he's he has his two fingers yeah. apart and he's tracing like geometry. Right. Um anyway. Uh but I love that poem for the specificity of it and again for the way that it it trains my mind to be attentive to specific moments, like mm. this specific moment. Mm. There's a lot to say about it. It's great but I'm talking a lot. so.
1: Well, what, I'm just curious, what specific moments, whether it's this big global moment that we're all a part of, mm-hmm. or maybe it's been moments that you've been able to experience with your sons at home now that they're you know, home all the time mm-hmm. and, and not in school. Uh, maybe it's your husband's working at home too. You know, like what moments uh, do you feel that you're uniquely attuned to because of this um, experience of kind of having life halted. I
0: I feel like cooking comes to mind right away. Mm. Like I feel like I'm, I have time to cook a little more. Um, and my house plants are doing great because I'm home (laughs) and my dog is doing great. (laughs) Like all the things that always are just on the brink of collapse because I'm in and out all the time are Mm -hmm. doing well because I'm home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when I think about like specific moments, I'm thinking about household kind of moments but i'm curious for you yeah. anything come to mind for you well
1: yeah so we're in the season of lent and something that we were talking about before it that we started recording was how this you know coronavirus pandemic has really halted life um and in lent you know we we will willfully choose things to halt so in our family we've um decided to uh stop watching TV and and shows and Netflix at night um, during the week. You know, we'll watch a movie or we'll watch some shows together as a family on the weekend on our feast day, quote unquote. And um, so having the kids home, having moments where we just can't go anywhere, we can't do anything, we can't fill our schedules with things, I'm feeling uniquely attuned to how how often I just want noise or, (laughs) or, 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, you know, things going on in the background. Um, and this, this last week, at least in our context in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, we've, we've seen our city shut down. I can't go someplace in a coffee shop and work with the background noise. I'm not allowed to sit in the coffee shop anymore. I can't go out to eat with friends. Um, I have to stay home. And if I want a friend to come over, they have to be okay with it. And th- we're going to come over to our house. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's just these things that I'm just like, these are normal things. Like having people over to our house is a normal thing. Sitting in silence is a normal thing. Not having anything to do should be normal, hmm. but I'm I'm just kind of aware of like how, how often it's not. And, hmm. um, I think I'd be aware of that n- naturally through the this lenten practice but uh you know our current moment has i think intensified that like man i we just fell our schedule and my wife and i we've kind of rejoiced like look how empty our schedule is now like why can't we live life like this all the time because um, you just have to be more intentional like okay if we're gonna have somebody over for dinner because we want to see somebody who's it gonna be and we just can't be flippant with our our life. You know, it's a little bit more intentional. So I don't know. Those are the things uh, off the top of my head. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm just more sensitive to, um, how, how busy, uh, uh, unnecessarily busy we are and how, how noisy life is.
0: Do you, what do you think this is going to mean for us all when it's over? Mm -hmm. Like when, when, we get through it, mm-hmm. and we start to reengage. Do you expect yeah. it to make a difference in how you think about your time?
1: I think so. Um, I think so. I mean, we we went on a, 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 a um, ministerial sabbatical a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, and there were some some things coming out of that time where you know we were we just shut a lot of the noise off. We shot a lot of we shut down a lot of the commitments. We actually went out of town for a long period of time, and we're just with each other as a family. Um, and we said, Hey, let's continue these things in our life. Some, some of these practices and some of them, we did a good job. Some of them, I can't even tell you, I can't even tell you what, what those practices were because we haven't practiced them. And so I think what will feel uniquely is that pull back into what normal was. Um, and I think it, it's an, it'll be an, opportunity, an invitation from God for Christians in particular to say, can we live in a distinct way where we stand out from hmm. what normal was? Hmm. Interesting. Because the rest of the world is going to go back to normal. Hmm. How can we as Christians live in a distinct way, living in the normal, but not being of the normal, right. you know, to steal language from um, the Bible, the Bible, <laughs> you know, that book. Whatever it is. Whatever passage that is.
0: <laughs> hey, I wondered if you would read up the poem that you texted to Bethany and me yeah. a few days ago.
1: Yeah. yeah, please please do. It's really good. Yeah, so I mentioned last time uh, I've been reading, uh, following on Twitter, this poet, author, John Blaze. And uh, he sends out these writings every once in a while. And he, last week, he sent out this poem called Love in the Time of Corona. It um, goes like this. It was inevitable, the scent of a bitter, bloom rising, opening, reminding us, al contraire, you are not gods. Who shall be found still standing in fields of green once this virulent spring was wrung its deadly course? For starters, he who hath clean hands stayeth home and not toucheth her face. (laughs) Yet this we do know. Little will be as it was before. Little that is, but love.
0: Uh, it's interesting midway through that poem. If you're when you hear it read, you miss that when the poet writes, um remi- is it reminding us? Yeah,
1: it was inevitable, the scent of a bitter, bloom, rising, opening, reminding us.
0: And the us is a lowercase u dot s. So he's talking about like our sort of national sense of confidence yeah. and he's saying oh contraire Reminding you are not gods
1: the united states you're yeah. not gods yeah, yeah. interesting yeah.
0: that's an interesting little um, thing that a little visual trick that you don't get when you hear it read
1: well and and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier and how poetry tells us the truth hmm. and how right. it kind of helps us see in this current moment okay this moment of coronavirus he's telling the truth about this Mentality in the United States, uh, you could say even the West, right. um, that we are the makers of our own destiny. We are divine. Mm-hmm. You know, we are gods. Yeah. And and this moment tells us that we're not, because mm-hmm. um, our our medical uh, follow up to this event has been slow. Mm-hmm. It has not progressed as fast as other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say our government. Is, has been slow and the things that they're doing well even are are going to fail because they're human structures. And so there's just this, this overwhelming sense of we have to figure this out. But what the poet reminds us is that, no, we are not gods. This is a, an invitation from the almighty God of the universe to say, hey, you are not in control. Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it sounds like the perfect time to end with a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, There are a number of prayers in the Book of Common Prayer that apply to a time like this. And I like the one because this is the one I need. It's the prayer for quiet confidence. So I'm going to end by reading this and um, we'll see you again uh, soon for an episode where we converse a little bit about the Psalms. Here's the prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of thy spirit, lift us, we pray thee, to thy presence, where we may be still and know that thou art God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.